Father, we just thank you for that living, powerful, active word. And we agree your words are life itself. Father, we thank you that today we don't just have to try and read your word and understand it, but you've given us your Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, to lead us into all the truth. That, Father, all the promises that are in Jesus, that you're saying yes and amen to, your Holy Spirit is working them into our lives, not just with revelation, but helping us to partake of things that are yet Oh, yet to come, yet to be understood by others, but yet we are entering in today to new things. I thank you, Father, you're going to make old truths fresh, vital, and full of life. And I thank you, Father, you're going to help new things to slot into place because you always want to take us higher and higher. And Father, we honor you. We honor you. We say, Jesus, Lord... We're asking for, for a growth in our lives, a growth in our faith, a, a growth so that in all things we bring you glory. We submit our minds, we, we bring every thought captive to Christ, to the knowledge of Christ. We're not going to go by our traditions or the things we've grown up with, but Lord, we, are, we just ask you, from your word, to really reveal your nature to us, your character, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. It's been really great for Claire and myself. We've been away for uh, just a couple of days, uh, getting fresh vision for the coming year, uh, just allowing God to really work some ideas and plans out, uh, to flesh out with us uh, his, his desires for the coming year. You know? The, 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 the things we see with God are uh, sometimes we, we need to press in to see the full extent of what he wants. I mean, I've been reading through uh, the Judges and I've been reading through the end of uh, Joshua. You know, the, there's so much in there. There's so much to speak to our futures about the things that we're supposed to do. Uh, but then we need to lay hold of them. And so this series of uh, Metrolink that uh, uh, Pastor Clara started uh, last week, uh, there's there's an ease in this. There's a a grace in this because it stems from a scripture that we're speaking out over this year. All right, so let's welcome you back to uh, part two of the series. So let's just turn to our our baseline scripture. It's Matthew 16, and uh, starting uh, at verse... 15, Matthew 16, Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, Jesus Jesus said some some really key items here. He said he was the one who was going to build his church. 
And, and so we, we, we see there's something, therefore, that must be important about church. You know, Jesus didn't say just a few idle comments. He said things he wanted us to get hold of. And so what we see is that a church is a group of people who've heard that call of God and come together through the leading and anointing of the Holy Spirit. The church, we're, we're a called people. We're a, we're, there's something about what God wants to do. And so, you know, this series, the reason we, we called it uh, 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 Metrolink, really, it, it comes from the area we are, the, the Salford Keys, the, this area, because we really see that with the church, there's, there's kind of there's four stops in order to start. You know, God brings us to places for the sake of the the call in our lives. So what we see, the very first one uh, that uh, was brought out last week, there's a refreshment from the journey, that things that uh, are uh, needing to be sorted from just being out in life. But then we see that there's a need when a bolt goes out uh, it comes back from the storms, and there's, there's things can be damaged. And so that boat needs to be repaired from the storms. But then you get that boat ready, you equip it for the tasks that's ahead. You, you the boats to go back out. There's, 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 it's not to stay in the harbor. Boats aren't designed for harbors. But then you need to provision the boat. You need to get the boat ready for what's coming ahead. And so we, this is what this series, we say, it's four stops to start. And uh, each of them, you know, as we look around ourselves, Exchange, Key, Anchorage, Harbour City, and Salford uh, Keys, we, there's the stops on the Metrolink around us. And, and we were just beginning to sort of just jokingly amongst ourselves uh, just pull these up. So last week we had Exchange Key, uh, which was the first stop. And, and what we saw with Exchange Key, that it was a place to refresh, to renovate, and we saw that we were called to be part of the body. Okay? And if you remember that video with the, uh, the, chick, uh, the, uh, the dive-bombing seagull? Okay. That's God's plan for us as part of this body, that, that, that we protect one another, that there's no one too small. So download that MP3 if you missed it. You know, but last week was very much about life stresses, just stuff that's around us, just normal uh, life. Whereas this week, Anchorage. Anchorage uh, speaks of a safe place to put down for a while. Okay? Uh, you know, you, you, you don't anchor out at sea. You're going to lose the anchor. You, you don't anchor out in a place that's uh, you know, going to be uh, swept by the waves onto rocks. That's not an anchorage. You, you, your, your anchor, you're going to put it in somewhere that's going to work for you. And uh, so anchorage really speaks about uh, opportunities for the fixing of broken stuff. Just like new. That's what God's done with us, isn't it? He's made us brand new. He's made us just like new. In fact, actually, he's actually improved us more than uh, what we were before. You know, some of the, the works of God in our lives. You know, this is the, uh, the, the, the nice things about a, a quick video like that. Because the reality is, as we are looking 
at this series. We're, we're really looking at the church. We're really looking at what happens because stuff happens. Pastor Becky uh, initially spoke that, that uh, word out a couple of uh, uh, months ago. But, you know, one of the things that uh, church is about, the church is about repairs. It's about repairing damage from life's storms. And, uh, you know, we, 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 there's a, those, those can come from a variety of different reasons. You know, whether it's redundancies, whether it's divorce, whether it's debt, whether it's uh, any kind of uh, emotional breakdown or, or a death in the family. You know, th- those kinds of things happen. They happen to everyone. And uh, if you just turn with me in your Bibles to, uh, to Matthew, Matthew 7 and verse uh, 24. Jesus was talking to his disciples, teaching them about fruit. And he says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose... The winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. I don't know about you, but... Many times we look at this and the, the first scenario is like, yep, I've got my, my faith into practice. I, I've got everything in right place, so I'm okay. Uh, or we look at people that uh, maybe haven't and we think, oh, they're not very good. They didn't have their faith. They didn't have things sorted. And, you know, the reality is in our lives that, that, that really comes down to uh, the, the challenge that seeing other people go through stuff is to us. Because when people go through problems, there's a challenge to us about how we are going to respond to other people's challenges. When we see problems, I mean, you know, the, some of us, you know, we want to, don't want to, dis, we want to disassociate ourselves. We, we don't want to be part of failure. It, you know, get off the sinking boat before you go down with it. None of us in this church would be like that, would we? But what happens when people go through things, we can actually act, end up in judgment on them because of their lack of faith or their lack of knowledge. And who knows, we were once like that. That's the reality. Not one of us has any right to judge what storms people go through. We don't know what's been going on in their lives. We don't know whether they sowed and reaping it or whether actually God brought it to this time to do the miracle just for them, through us. And so as we're looking at this wise and foolish builder, Almost I find myself looking at myself more than I do other people. Because what is my response? Is it that I I disassociate myself or I I distance myself because I don't know what to say? 
You know, that's one of the hardest things when a family die. And you're trying to speak to a situation that you don't really know a lot about. And actually, you don't want to sound stupid. You don't want to come out with something that just sounds nice. But, hey, frankly, they just they look at you and just like blank look. That didn't go in. <laughs> Most of us, that this is the reality. When it comes to the big storms in life, we find ourselves like that, or we find ourselves annoyed because we missed the signs that could have helped us to help them. Or we get annoyed with them because they missed the signs that would have enabled them to help themselves. The, the, the way we are with people can so often really be as a result of the fears in our own lives. The sense of inadequacy in our own lives. And yet, if we're called to help the hurting, the distressed, the abandoned, the helpless, then we have to have Jesus' attitude. But what if we are the helpless, the desolate, the abandoned. You know, where does that leave us in a faith church where we've got to confess we are, we are laying hold of things, aren't we? We are the faith people. We are the miracle-working people who know their gods. Well, there are as many situations we can read about in the Bible that actually righteous people went through difficult situations. So, you know, we, we, we read the stories, and I just want you to just flick to 2 Corinthians verse 11. I just want to read some scripture. Paul, he says he's talking out of his mind. He's, he's like, to talk like this is crazy. He says, starting at uh, verse 23, are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more, I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move, in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been clothed and naked. Hang on a minute. This is the apostle of faith? And... He wrote that letter to the Corinthians while he was at Ephesus as he was getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And Acts 27, the the story we read about him on the way to Rome, where he is shipwrecked, hadn't even happened. So that, and all that happened in the prison uh, that we read about before then, None of that's yet happened when he wrote this. Doesn't sound like fun, does it? It doesn't sound like a man of faith. After all, protection means never having a problem, doesn't it? Or does it? Does it mean that you're protected in the midst of stuff? 
as well as having to deal, having authority to deal with stuff. You see, in that church, we, we, we have to understand that there's, a, there's things that have to happen. You know, one of the things about storms, you actually have to recognize what is going on. What's the issue? You know, in the middle of a storm and there's something that gets damaged, broken, I mean, we read about this in Acts, in, in Acts uh, 13, verse 13, that part of Paul's team went home. John Mark left and went home. Well, if some of those things were what happened, are you, any, are you surprised? You know, we, we like, oh, this church started, that church started, but we don't really like that they went hungry and thirsty and got beaten up and stoned and all the rest of the things that happened to them. That doesn't sound like fun. I mean, if that's what happens when you're being successful, what about the kids? What about the, the, the family? What about just things going bad? You know, this... There's, the, 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 there's a grace. There's a grace, you see. You know, one of the problems about this is you have to recognize a storm. You have to actually recognize there's a problem. And then you have to, in the middle of the storm, you have to make remedial repairs. But you don't stop there. You call for help. And this is what this message is really, you know, as I'm really aiming for. Because... You've got to get to a safe harbor. The thing about storms in life, they happen. It's what you do when storms happen that really determines whether you come out the other end alive or dead. You know, the enemy wants to make sure that the storm means that you are like that house, dead, buried, never seen again, your faith proved to be useless. Proved that the church abandoned you. Your family abandoned you. The things you learned were of no use and no consequence. That's the enemy. He is out, not just to uh, cause you a few problems, but to totally eradicate you and all memory of you. And me. So the lies, the, the things that go on, we need to understand that we're in this battle. When you go out on the sea, even if you take all the weather forecasts, things happen. So if you're sailing in, you're, you, you've planned it, there still can be a storm. Then we know that there are sailors that go out paying no reference to the storms that are out there, hit a storm and think, oh, what's happened here? And everyone else is going, why are you going that way? There's a storm there. Can't you see it? But the reality is both hit the same storm, don't they? And the parable of the, these two houses were they both hit the same storm. One was ready, one wasn't. The consequences for the one that was ready was survival. But the consequences for the other one, and this is where sometimes in church we, we are a little bit too ready to kind of write people off, wasn't total destruction. Do you know what I've discovered is that he is a redeemer. 
He is the Redeemer. He is the Redeemer. He's the one that when it's all wrecked, destroyed, worthless, who buys us back, sets us back up, picks us, reputs us into a place where we can be restored. The enemy wants to make sure that you are dead and buried and nailed and your friends are the ones that put the nails in the coffin. But Jesus is the one who is constantly reminding us there there is no person beyond hope. And that's what he did with me. That's what he did with you. That whatever was going on, you and I were not beyond hope. That is what church is about. Yes, we deal with the normal stuff of life and storms, of going out on sea. You need to renew, you need to refresh. But this is what it's, you've been reading this week in Ephesians. That's what I was reading. And I, was, I, I was very tempted to put some notes up on, on, the, uh, on the website. You know, WHBC Daily. Um, but I, did, I didn't want to uh, forewarn what I was going to say. But if you, if you just turn to Ephesians 1, just turn with me to Ephesians 1. I just want you to read what it says here. Because it's so exciting. Make sure you got your uh, your little notes as to what what reading it is. If you if you haven't got access to the internet, okay. But if you look at Ephesians one, it's he it, it says the bit that we all read, and I, I pray your eyes and be enlightened. But then it goes on in uh, Ephesians one verse nineteen, and he says his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all powers and authorities. So if you're feeling a little bit dead, you're feeling that your faith's worthless, you're feeling like things are just pointless going on, the same Power, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the one who's working in you, not just to reveal his nature to your heart, but to actually bring transformation into lives around you and in your life. If he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can raise us from wherever we're at. Because we're still actually alive, just about. There is hope in the church. There's a body of people who want to stand with you. You're not alone. Because Christ already organized it, placed you in a body for a reason. There is a safe harbor for the restoring for the repairing. If that mast is broken out at sea, you've got you to do some things. You've actually got to uh, bring in, not, not just to recognizing the, the, the problem, you, you've actually got to get real. 
you know, the thing about problems is you've got to identify that one, that there is a problem. Maybe it's debt, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's the, the children. I, uh, recognizing a problem does not mean accepting it. It means getting real. Faith looks at the reality and does not deny it, but speaks something much greater than reality. It speaks the truth that changes reality. The facts are just the right now circumstances, but the truth changes those circumstances, transforms them, but you have to start with a direct, actually, I'm sick. Actually, this is the issue. I'm in debt. Actually, this is the problem, the breakdown of relationship. Whatever it is, you've got to actually see it. Because if you don't ever recognize it, you'll never tackle it. And that is the way that brings isolation and deception. Isolation leads to deception, and stubbornness brings destruction. Read through Proverbs. Isolation brings deception, but in the counsel of many friends, his wisdom is found. Stubbornness brings destruction. There's, a, there's something inherent about this in the church where we see people around us, but we won't share our lives and allow people to speak into our lives. They're actually the right people. We'll go to the world, we'll ask the wrong people who are struggling just as much, and we'll ask their advice. We'll ask our friends who don't really know anything instead of sharing with the people that would actually bring us. So there's a remedial repairs. So what might those remedial repairs? Well, first of all, maybe, or maybe not, it's something you've done. Well, repent. Let's, let's start to open the opportunity. But hey, maybe it was nothing to do with you, but it was others. Forgive. There's nothing very complicated. But then you've also got to receive forgiveness. You've got to actually recognize storms happen and the enemy wants you to know that you're the reason that storm hit. But Jesus says something very different. There was a storm that hit the, the, the house that was ready, and there was a storm that hit the house that wasn't. There was a storm that hit the personal faith of integrity, of holiness, and there was a storm that hit the person who had no integrity and no holiness. The same storm hits. It's not about whether you've lived holy, lived righteous, lived in the right kind of confession, Stuff happens. Stuff happens. What you've got to do is you've got to call for help. You know, there's a reason it says it in Matthew 18, it says, if any two of you agree about anything, wasn't that a great testimony about the car? Two years, I bet you've been praying and wished that two years ago you'd asked your friend to stand in faith with you. But instead of getting, oh, why didn't they do that? No, let's just give thanks 
Actually, there was a time. God spoke a word. We agreed with the word. We agreed with one another. We saw the miracle. You know, it's not, we're, so, we're so used to uh, criticizing ourselves, criticizing other people. It's like well, you could have had that earlier. That is so unhelpful. So even, even now I'm saying, I'm almost saying, please don't hear that from me, even as I'm trying to preach you. I'm trying, I'm trying to show you the kinds of way we think about ourselves. All right? Not as any kind of comment to whoever that person was, okay? <laughs> but we, we, we're so negative that when good things happen, we criticize the fact that we could have had it earlier. Instead of rejoicing that we've got what we've asked for and prayed for. It's so stupid, but you see, that's what the enemy gets you. Even in the midst of something good happening, you begin to say how bad you were and how useless and why you shouldn't have had it in the first place. But you didn't get it because you did all the right things. You got it because he's good. You spoke his word and a miracle happened. You know this, but it also says, call the life group leader. Now James said, if anyone is sick... Let him call the elders. Well, in this church, we don't have elders as such. We have a leadership team. We have a variety of people. It's the life group leaders. It's the area leaders. It's the family care team with Pastor Sheila, who could do with some prayer, by the way. She, she's uh, not been too well this week. As well as Claire and myself, as pastors. We're, we're, there's many people. There's no one in this church. If you are going through circumstances and you're not talking to someone, you're setting yourself up for destruction. Don't let pride, don't let stupidity get in the way. Tell someone. Talk to someone. I'm going in for an operation. Just stand with me. I'm not going to have any issues. I'm going for an operation. I'm, I'm, I'm a little anxious about it. I just need you to stand with me, praying out peace. The point about praying with one another is that we agree that there's not going to be an issue, that we are praying protection. Whatever you bind on the earth is already bound in heaven. It's actually the correct scripture. Or whatever you, what is already bound in heaven, you can bind on the earth. Whatever is loosed in heaven, you can loose on the earth. So we don't want to allow issues. We don't want to allow anxiety. But you know what happens is, people when they're anxious don't say that anyone they're anxious because they think they're going to be judged for being anxious. When actually what we're saying, I'm, I'm just feeling a bit, you know, just a bit untender. I'm not quite sure. It's unknown. Of course it's going to make you feel that way. But if you don't have something to speak, you will stay anxious. But if someone stands with you, you can walk in victory and know the peace. Psalm 23 is for the victorious. When I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, it will not touch me. Come on. We need to speak this out. It will not touch me. Paul and Silas, there they are in the prison. They're singing. They're singing and giving praise. They've been beaten. Their, their chains are on them. 
Yet something about their circumstances didn't touch them because they were able to rejoice. They were able to give thanks. They were able to call out and they got to the safe harbor. They got to where they needed to be. They got to the grace that God had called for them. You see, there's for safe harbor, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's why you have to be in church. So that people can remind you, hey, you might have done it wrong. But there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. There is now. Now no condemnation. Galatians 6 talks about us restoring people gently. The expectation is not that we will throw people out of church. And in all of our years, Claire and I have only had to put one person out of church. And even that, we wanted that to be a temporary measure. And it was only because of ongoing, unrepentant adultery. Well, not just adultery, but it was the ongoing, continuous, that everyone knew about adultery. Adultery is not the unforgivable sin. It's not okay. But you don't, people, you don't put someone, you don't throw someone on the scrap heap because of that. But only when there's just, there's no sign, there's no turning, there's no, you, hey, you can't work when someone won't be helped. There's nothing you can do when someone won't be helped. But if they will, hey, come on, let's restore gently. But let's not get in pride that we think we're any better. Not every one of us, with the right opportunity, is just as likely to fall. It's just, hopefully, there's enough protection around us that we don't. But you see... That's what we've been preaching is 1 Corinthians 13. Love never fails. This is church. We are those who speak no condemnation. We are those who restore gently. We are those who believe because love never fails. You and I are a people of faith and a people of love and a people of grace, and a people of salvation. Our walls are salvation. Our walls are praise. That's the right walls around us. Praise and salvation are our walls. That lets people in, and it keeps the enemy out. Praise is a key element of the life of a Christian. That's why we encourage you to get here early to be part of the worship, not to turn up late. See, love never fails. God is not going to fail you. God is not going to fail you. And there's people here that will need to allow others around them to stand with them this morning and actually speak out. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for someone else. 
when I, when I first got saved, my parents were very, very anti-Christian. Anti-me and what they thought I was involved in. They didn't understand it at all. Then my mum got saved. And we've just come back from some time with my parents while we've been doing a whole load of vision planning. And my dad has been part of the running of an alpha course. That, and the conversations we've just had, I didn't dare ask him outright, Daddy, you got saved. <laughs> but I have to say, if, it, if he hasn't, then he's closer than he's ever been before. Because what he was speaking out, there was a spiritual understanding. Now, I prayed my dad will not die before he's saved. I have spoken out, out over him. He's not going to die now either, but... Um, but, I, I, but you know what I mean? We actually have to pray right. We need to hold people. We need to, even when they reject us, even when they despise us, or don't understand us, maybe, as my dad didn't. What are we going to do about it? Because we can be all righteous and go, they don't understand. Or we can realize we didn't understand either. I just want us to respond. First, let's just bow our heads and let's just uh, put our books away and Bibles away. Have storms and things around you made you lose your faith? Give up on God. Give up on church because people have let you down and you think God's let you down. Maybe you need to be honest about that. You feel let down. But today the Father who does not want to judge you but sent his Son to take that judgment for you in your place, stands and offers a fresh start. In the midst of the storm, he's reaching out his hand. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe you don't understand what that means, but you, you've heard about Jesus, you know about him. But he's not personal. You've grown up in a church and it's taught about Jesus. But yes, you believe in Jesus, but you've not put your trust in him. You're, you've not made him the absolute Lord of your life. Today is the day to do that. Today, it's real simple. Lord Jesus with all the storms and things that are happening. My mistakes, other people's mistakes, life problems. I realize I need your help. I need your life. And I'm asking for that help today.
Let's put it as simply as that. Lord Jesus, I need your help. I just believe there's there's folks here that that is the truth. That you're needing to just cry out to me that way. Lord, I don't know even how to express this, but I want you, Jesus. I need help. If that's you, just encourage you, just at the end of the service, to come and talk to someone. We have a team at the front who will pray with you and stand with you. This is the church, and there's others in this church, other people here, that you need to just turn to the person beside you and and just ask them to pray with you. Not going to be ministry from the front, but ministry to one another. I want you to pray with the person beside you. Simply just ask them, is there anything... You need me to stand in faith with you to see happen. Let's turn around to people maybe behind you if it's your husband or wife and just turn and speak to someone else. If any two of you agree about anything that's touching heaven, then you have what you ask for. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Be specific, if you can. You don't have to share intimate secrets. But be specific. What do you need to see happen? Maybe it's a family member you're praying for. Friend. Every waking thought has been filled with what this person needs. You're not supposed to carry that burden, so let's bring it with someone else and let's agree for that miracle. Jesus said his burden is light, his yoke is easy. Cast your cares on him because he cares. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just speak grace to one another. Encourage that person. There's no condemnation. They may have blown it. Speak restoration to them. Remind them of this yesterday's scripture reading from Ephesians 2. 
We were by nature objects of wrath, but God made us alive and raised us up with him. So speak, a raising of that person up, a raising, a rising in faith, resurrection, miracle into place. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you hear every cry today. You hear every cry from the heart, Lord. And I thank you that you are faithful God. You are faithful God. And that there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And I thank you, Father, that you have put us together as a body to stand with one another that there is no need for us to be a lone ship out on a storm but you have called us to be together to help one another to stand with one another and I thank you Father for every person that you have put in this body that you have placed in this body thank you Father Amen. Amen.